Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey. I'm joined this week by club ambassador Andy Sinton and Matt Webb from the club's media team. After the fun of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, we've got that all-too-rare occurrence in the championship a week between fixtures. We'll be discussing last weekend's 3-2 defeat at Middlesbrough, which saw David Wheeler score within two minutes of his full debut for the R's. Borough are one of the big favourites for promotion this season, so what did we learn from that five-goal thriller at the Riverside? As well as previewing Saturday's home game against Burton Albion, we'll also be talking about the sad news which saw former QPR defender Clark Carlisle admitted to hospital earlier this week. It's all here on the Lovecast. Since Webby, thanks for joining us on the Lovecast this week. Well, we look back on um, three games in the space of, of a week and we took four points from them against Ipswich, Millwall and Middlesbrough. Since four points from those three games, how do you assess that? Uh, probably about right, actually. Uh, if you look at the games in um, as the three, you know, we thought we were really comfortable against Ipswich until the last six minutes. Give ourselves a bit of a mountain to climb against Millwall, uh, and almost did it, you know, to to win the game. But a great comeback. Then Middlesbrough, you know, strongly fancied, spent an absolute fortune in our division. Uh, we went there, give a really, really good account of ourselves, but you know, possibly could have got something from that game, but probably just the best team just about won I felt and while we started slowly against Millwall by and large over those three games and indeed the season the level of consistency in the performances is what's so encouraging over results it doesn't matter who we've played uh, and it doesn't matter if it's been at home people will say you know we we haven't got many points away but you're right the performance levels have been good we've been in every game you know um, if you look at them every game's been divided by a, a, a one incident or a small margin. So that's really, really encouraging because we've had a tough start. And you look at the game against Middlesbrough, we went into it with a, a number of injuries. You look through it, Anua, Perch, Lynch, Hall, Scoen, Washington. And Scoen and Washington, they actually picked their injuries up against Millwall. And due to the number of injuries to defensive-minded players, it meant that Ian Holloway had to completely change his formation. He didn't obviously have much time to, to work on it. Uh, on the back of the midweek game against Millwall, so it was a a real test up at the Riverside. Yeah, very much so. You know, and, uh, I'm sorry. What did you make as well of um, how Ian Holloway handled those those players that were missing? He changed it to a, it was almost like a four one four one, wasn't it? I thought he got it spot on. You know, because uh, I was sort of thinking, you know, how is he going? Once I found out um, the personnel that were missing, were missing. I was thinking, how will he handle this? You know, but. Uh, He's probably looked at the opposition, Middlesbrough, you know, when the previous few games have only gone with one up front. So, you know, two centre-halves can should be able to look after the more, mm. one main striker. Uh, he sat Maslowongo slightly deeper in front of the, 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 the two centre-backs. And I thought the first half, which I'm sure we'll come on to, Mass along with the team in general, I thought were excellent in the way they sort of cope with everything Middlesbrough had to throw at them. You know, Middlesbrough had loads of possession, but it was pass, 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 go nowhere. And that was credit to us. You could hear the crowd getting a bit disgruntled. And just as they were really getting disgruntled, fortunately they got back in the game. Well, it did start so well for us, didn't it, Matt? David Wheeler on his full debut, scoring within a, a couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a few internet problems in the uh, press box, so it was almost like we were trying to deal with those and looking up and uh, Wheeler's in to make it uh, 1-0 very quickly. I can't remember how many seconds it was into the game. I think we put a clip out online this week, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. It was certainly under two minutes. Yeah, 
So no, it was great, and he's uh, nipped in a good finish since as well. Really good. I was really impressed with him, um, not just on that, but certainly in the first half. You know, he's making out to in runs, so he's he's when the ball's developing from the other flank, he's looking to get inside. Mm-hmm. He's fullback at the bath at the far post. You know, phrase a manager used to to use to me. You know, shut the back door, uh, and he did that. And you know, it's a really cool finish. You know. Again, Luke Freeman driving from the middle of the park, scuffed his shot a little bit. But David Wheeler, he's on the move. He's not standing. He's not just watching. He's anticipating, and you can see why and how he got so many goals at Exeter. It's quite an exciting signing when you, when you see the, well, the impact he had at, at Middlesbrough. But he seems to have a bit about him, doesn't he? And also, it's a step up for him, obviously, from playing with Exeter. He's jumped a couple of divisions, but he certainly doesn't seem overawed or phased by it. He looks like he... He's relishing the challenge rather than fearing it. Yeah, he's come with a he's come with a good record. You know, for a wide player to get twenty one goals in a season, that's that's outstanding. You know, and it it looks like he can transmit that to the next division up uh, or the step up that he's made. Um, got his first goal, and he actually got in another couple of times in the first half hour at Middlesbrough. Mm. One, he got in front of Fabio again and just was stretching a bit, couldn't keep it down. So the signs there are really, really encouraging. I've seen him in the at the training ground. He looks fit. He looks looks athletic. And he's relishing the opportunity of proving himself at this level. He almost uh, reminds me of Mackie in a way. The way where he's come from, he mm. played it comes in off the right. Um, not just that he's played for Exeter previously as well. He, he has that kind of the way he never stops running. He has that kind of Mackie feel about him. I don't know what. what yeah, you he does, and I think he epitomises what QPR are trying to get back to being. Signing players that come to QPR, they're honoured to be pulling on the blue and white hoops. It's a step up in their career path. And they're just eager to impress, to to do well, and, and to show what they're capable of. They've got that inbuilt hunger. Yeah, you know, it used to be used to be our way. Uh, you know, I'm talking. It happened but to do, me. Yeah. Uh, do you have uh, see similarities in that when you joined us from Brentford, it was obviously a, a step up for you as well, and you had that natural desire and hunger. And it'd be interesting to get your thoughts towards the end of your career, while obviously you always gave a hundred percent. Is there a different feel mentally when you're at the end of your career and you've achieved so much and perhaps you know that you, your your best days are behind you? I mean, that's just human nature, isn't it, for yeah, it yeah, to be different? Yeah, you're right with both scenarios, you know, but uh, anyone like David, or going back 20-odd years to, to myself, you know, you, you're wanting that opportunity here. You're almost waiting and begging someone to come and take a chance, if that's the right phrase, you know, mm. take a chance, you know, you just want that step up. But certainly in my case... I I would say I knew I could do it. Well, I, I didn't. I thought I could do it. Um, and once someone takes that chance, you're just so desperate to impress. And it's great to go after a good a good start. You know, I scored on my home debut. Brilliant. David Wheeler scored on his full away debut. You know, so it that would give him loads of confidence. I've seen him in and around the place. He, he doesn't look phased by anything mm-hmm. he's come into. And, you know, to go in against Middlesbrough, away from home in your first start, is testament of what the manager probably thinks of them as well I just think it's great that we're going to games I can't remember the last time I felt like this going into games during a season where you know we're going to have a go you know mm. we're going to give teams a game I think it's been quite a few seasons you know no slant on the players that have been here before but it's just we've got a squad now who you know are going to give whoever we're playing well, we're a game in, which is nice we're in every game aren't yeah we? and that's that's the good thing you know uh you know, we're not being outclassed, we're not being blown away, we're in every yeah. game, we're creating opportunities. Um, let's say, just got to start getting a few more points, 
probably for what a performances have deserved him. And we went in level at the break with uh, Lewis Baker equalising. It was a well-worked goal, you have to say, from Middlesbrough. They exploited the space, didn't they? Um, but at half-time, you take that 1-1 mm. and then Jamie Mackey comes on at, at half-time and he scored a goal that just typifies what Jamie Mackey is all about. It, the defender's running the ball back to the keeper. He's waiting for the keeper to come out and clear his lines. And Mackey, just being there, created the uncertainty. If Mackey's not there, the defender takes a touch and he builds himself from the back because of Mackey's presence. Mackey's never winning that ball ever. But because of that, it led to the uncertainty, the confusion between defender and goalkeeper, and Mackey picked up the rewards. That's exactly why I think uh, Ollie brought Mackey on. You know, uh, I mean, other... how, how many people wouldn't bother chasing that one down? The defender's Plenty. got it, his keeper's Plenty. there, he's got his centre-back square you know, people, people, people say oh, he was lucky. Yeah, there's an element of that, but you earn, you earn your luck. We were uh, on the other end of one at Cardiff yeah. a few weeks ago, Junior Hoylet, you know, just never gave up, mm. never gave up, and yeah, you get your luck, because they can ricochet anyway, yeah. but you have to do that, you know, but uh, but no, that's exactly what he was brought on for, you know, uh, I thought we were really comfortable the first half, but the longer that half went, and obviously after Baker's equaliser, I just felt, and I actually said it, you know, we probably just need to get 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, even though we were containing them and comfortable. Now, the only way you can get further up the pitch is the, is the press from the front. Mm. So that's obviously why um, he was introduced. Great impact again. Unfortunately, we just couldn't hang on to the lead for more than three, four, five minutes. Yeah, that was the key, wasn't it? Having gone two one up and you can sense the frustration around the Riverside and the 400 or so QBR mm. fans going crackers in the corner. But we needed to hold on there yeah. and turn their support into our support through their frustration. But yeah. within 10 minutes, they were 3-2 up. I spoke to Jamie Mackey after the game and he said, we just need to, you know, home form's been, been excellent. We just need to l learn quickly now about ha hanging on to these leads, however we're doing in games, hanging on to leads, taking advantage of... I mean, if you look back, I mean, I made a note before we came on air. Sheffield Wednesday, 1-0 up. Cardiff, 1-0 up. Um, you could argue that we're in the game at Norwich at nil-nil and should have got a lot more Very from that game. Yeah. Uh, Middlesbrough, we've gone, we've taken the lead twice. So mm. you look at that, and there's quite a lot of points in there. So you could argue that we could have a much better points return already. Um, but yeah, now it's about learning. The group look like they want to learn. To be honest, they look like they are learning. But it's about learning quickly now. But turning more of these performances into points away. Well, as well. I think, I think on that, you know, we're playing a side the other day that. You got someone seven million quid comes off the bench. Mm. Fletcher, yeah. Yeah, Fletcher comes off the bench. You got Johnny Housen, he's a good player, comes on in the middle of the park. You know, so that's what they've been able to do sometimes. So uh, yeah, we need to learn a little bit. But sometimes I thought, you know, the introduction of Fletcher going up alongside uh, the other striker that they paid fifteen million quid yeah. for was just probably just tipped it in Middlesbrough's sort of favour because they allowed Johnson to go wider because uh, we're very narrow in the first half. Uh, down and went wider um, and they were able to just get balls wide get them in the box and that's where the equalising goal came from I think it's important we cut this team some slack really because they do look like they really want to learn yeah. so you can tell that they, it is a work in progress so I think it is important to you know things aren't going to happen overnight it is important to, to give this lot of time because they do look like they want to play for us exactly. and that's what you want to see so you, you're happy to, to you know let them learn as you are on the job Exactly. and, and could you argue that Almost the the best signing QPR made wasn't a signing. It was actually not making many signings. A lot of people were calling for strengthening in different areas. We didn't 
make many signings over the course of the summer window. You look at other clubs and they've they've signed more than 10 players in in one window and we've done that ourselves in recent years. We didn't do that and this is probably the the quietest transfer window we've had for for many a year this uh, summer window and you could look at it and say, "Do you know what? Not only was it the, the quietest, it's possibly one of the best ones we've had because we added Josh Gone who's gone straight in and is so <clears throat> crucial to the team. Yep. David Wheeler Looks like a great addition. And we've got to say Samuel as well waiting in the wings. But aside from that, these are players that are growing in confidence and they're settling in like Luke Freeman. He didn't take much time to settle in, but he's been excellent. And other players around, there's an understanding between them. You talk so often about in the 90s having partnerships on the pitch. We can't have partnerships on the pitch if every six months you're changing the personnel exactly. in the starting 11. Yeah. There's a consistency to our starting lineup at the moment. And it's no coincidence that that's bringing great rewards. Yep. It's a tight-knit group as well. You know, there's a there's a really good team spirit which can carry you through and get points. It's a group that I see and the performances back it up that want to work really, really hard, are delighted and happy to be playing for the shirt, if you like, uh, and want to do really, really well. So, uh, And you know you touched on it earlier on a few minutes ago, you know, to go to Middlesbrough. Who I tipped to win the league and spent a load of money without five or six, what you would say, almost regulars, mm. speaks volumes for what Ollie's done, the togetherness, and the lads who are pulling the shirt on and putting the shift in. Well, that's it. You look at it, like Ollie said afterwards, the spine of our starting lineup was was ripped out going into that game mm. with Washington, Scone, and Anua not being available. Yep. And it, we had to change a lot. Just a word on the what proved to be the winner from Britta Sombalonga. Was the ball in? Was the ball out? Well, I thought it was tight when I first saw it, and I think I half mentioned it, but we didn't have a very good angle on the camera. I think since then it's been proved that it possibly was. Um, yeah, it was. Listen, some you win, some you you lose. You you go away when it goes against you, feeling aggrieved. Uh, if it goes for you, you you think you might have got away with one. Yeah, we had the Maslowongo handball in the lead up, didn't we? As yeah. well, so people say is it evens itself out over a season? Does it really? I don't know. What I do know is the the teams at the top seem to get more going for them hmm. than than others, but. Yeah. Uh, now went against us, but again a three-two. You know we could have we could have gone under a little bit because they came really yeah. strong. You know uh, we had one cleared off the line, great defending. Uh, Sombolonga misses another chance. You know, but we we hung in the game and could have possibly because you hang in the game and stay in the game could have walked away with a point. Powell's yeah. hit the post as well. Yeah, exactly. That was the, that was the big chance. Well, that's that's the thing by staying in the game. I think in this level you'll always get an opportunity. So if you can hang in the game somehow. You'll always get an opportunity, and as I say, Pav's crash, he couldn't hit it any better, almost hit it too well. And the cannon's off the post and comes out, and you know, you, you, you walk away with nothing where you could have had a point in the bag. And Matt, you were up in the press box at the Riverside, and you had uh, your mate Jeff Winter sat alongside yeah, you. and Premier League referee. He, an interesting conversation you had with him at the time of Sombolonga's goal, yeah, which proved to be I the mean, winner. I said, oh, that was, a, that was a mile outside the line. He said it wasn't quite that much. Probably had a biased hat on there when I was saying that. But uh, yeah. Um, what was, was his, but his view of it was he felt it was out at the time, He, he felt it was clearly out. Um, we had obviously replays up in the press box as well, but this was before the replay came. He said he felt it was clearly out. But I mean, there wasn't really that many protests, was there, on the pitch? Maybe. Yeah, I think a reason for that is the QPR fans were right at the other end of the stadium and probably couldn't see it and we were mm. saying if that had happened at Loftus Road and that ball was gone out of play in front of the loft and the whole stadium the whole stand would have see, reacted this is, this is what also, impact does that have on the officials this is also a, a 
a big point for me, you know, because people might say, well, why won't the players protest? And mm. well, sometimes on a, any given day, you'll say something to the referee and you, you get a yellow card or, mm. or so you, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if yeah, you don't I sometimes. I you know? speaking with Jake Bidwell this morning and we were talking about that. And I said, it, from where I saw it, it was only Jack Robinson and Darnell Furlong that protested. And he said there was a couple of bodies in front of him and he said he didn't mm. personally see it. Yep. It was only afterwards when, when he heard that yeah. there, there might Jamie Mappin said out. the same afterwards. He said it was. Um, he said he didn't really see it. Mm. I, don't, I think probably a lot of the players didn't, didn't even see I it. It was yeah. really, really tight and uh, yeah. it happened very, very quick, but, you know, went against us. Um, and just a word on uh, Borough. They'd only conceded three goals in their previous eight games, hadn't conceded any at home. So to go there, score twice and hit the post as well, again with a, a team that had a number of injuries through it, it does show that aside from character and grit and determination and desire and hunger, there's also ability there to create chances. Well, I spoke to a couple of people at Middlesbrough, and I'll mention you now, I spoke to Steve Gibson, their chairman, and he said he thought we were a really good side, probably the best that's been there all season. Um, I know we're, we're very young into the season, but he was very, very complimentary about the way we approached the game, the quality we showed on the pitch, and he thinks... There's no reason why we shouldn't be pushing, certainly in the, the, the top half of the, the table, looking towards the playoffs. Well, Jack, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. We're just talking about the game against Middlesbrough, firstly. And from the team's point of view, it was a disappointing result. But performance-wise, again, it was one of, that gave great, great encouragement. Yeah, I think so. I think you could definitely see it in the first half. We were solid. We were just letting them play in front. Uh, they weren't really creating many chances against us. Um, they were looking for the ball through to a Sombolonga, but I think the back four dealt with it well. Mm. And then I just think second half, we come out a little bit sloppy. They changed their shape, we changed our shape. And then it was just, I think it was just the 20 minutes in the middle that killed us. They, they scored their goals and it took us a while to get, get back to how we were playing. But I think... You can see us every week, we're getting stronger and we're playing better and we're getting more used to it. Even though that was a change up team again on Saturday, I think you can, everyone knows the jobs and everyone knows what they're doing. So I think people who come in fit and perfect and it's just about carrying on that form now. How, do, how does that work? Like you say, there were a number of changes going into the game against Middlesbrough and, and the players that came in knew what their role was, what was expected of them. How, how does that occur? Is that just through the... The boring bits on the training ground in the week. Yeah, that's the, that's a gaffer's shape. I think he's um, even when it's the the starting eleven from the weekend and they're not training, he goes out and does it with the other lads to make sure that when they do come in, they know exactly what they're doing. And I think you can see it because like when when people come and see him, they're not looking out of out of place at mm. all. They're just coming in, slotting in, doing their job, doing well. So I think you can see it. And then it is. It's just the the way the manager's got us training. He wants us. He wants us like that every every day. He wants us on it every day, every weekend. And I think you can start to see it now in the games. And from your point of view, this is your fourth season, incredibly, with QPR. You still have the feel of a, a new player because we haven't seen much of you in the blue and white hoops. Obviously, you had a great season on loan at Huddersfield and then an injury hit couple of seasons. But now, touch wood, six appearances so far this season. You must be feeling confident with each game that passes. Yeah, especially the past week as well, three games in a week. That was a massive thing for me and I think it was a massive thing for everyone at the club that I can show that I can do that now. Was it good for... to mentally get that Yeah, out exactly. I think that was always the trouble. I mean, last year I played 
a couple of games, but it's always one game and then out and then another game and then mm. it just ended up being. How like hard that. is that, Jack? How how hard? How frustrating is that when when that's happening to you? Because all you want to do is play and show people what you can do. Yeah, I mean the physios could see it. Like once I played and then coming back in the next week and so like you know feeling me knee a little bit, it was tough, but. I think I've got a strong mentality, so I was able to deal with that and just focus on getting back and playing again whenever I could in the team and, and doing well. And Jamie Mackey, someone you're very close mates with, if anything typified a Jamie Mackey goal, that was probably it, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was just seeing Batra's face. He, he thought he'd like over it the pass. He was like, ah, like moaning <laughs> himself and then doesn't realise Mackey's on the end of it and then out of nowhere, it's as shin, as toe, as knee everywhere. Is he like that every day in training yeah. when, he, when he's playing in the oh. six exercises? Does he not give you... He's got one of the worst, best touches I've ever seen in football, <laughs> honestly. Just, it can hit everything on his body and it'll go right to his feet. <laughs> um, but aside from typifying Jamie Mackey, it sort of typifies the, the spirit of the, the QPR team as well doesn't it there's that hunger that desire and just work rate is just incredible yeah I mean you can see that I think from the pre-season we've had going back to literally the first day everyone coming back so fit so I think you could see that this year was going to be our, our year to show show people what we can do our press our play and then when we get on it go and express ourselves because we've got players like Luke Freeman Massimo Longo in the team who I think are very creative players and you need them in your team and then I think it's just working well at the minute. I mean, it's just it's just getting results. And I think on Saturday, that if we could have got a point or three points, I think it would have been massive for us. But it's just learning them little mistakes in the game and cutting them out for the, for the rest of the season. One of the potential challenges for Ian Holloway was he's got two first-choice left-backs. How do you get both of them into the team? He seems to have found a way. You're playing left-centre-back, uh, Jake Bidwell left-back. How do you find that? I find it all right, you know. I think, as I said before, I think it suits me in that position. Um, Bid is doing a good job on the left wing back, so I think it was with the injuries in the team, it was comfortable for me to to move into that left centre half position. And I don't mind it at all. I enjoy it. I enjoy playing there. And as I say, I think it suits my game perfect. And I'm just happy to play there at the minute. I mean, if the gaffer wants me to do another job, I'm sure I'll do that for him. But as I say, I'm happy to play at the minute. And you move to left centre back um, of a two on Saturday and you seem to handle that challenge as well and up against the £15 million man Brit Sambalonga yeah, I know people were saying that I mean if you look at their squad on Saturday mm. the money they've spent and then you can look at our squad and say the players we've brought in and stuff like that but I think we handled ourselves exceptionally on the day I think we played very well and you can prove that it's, it's not all about money it's not all about spending it's about getting that team spirit and playing well and knowing what exactly what your players can do on the pitch so I think it is Especially on Saturday with the back four, with Bids, me, Baps, Daniel, it was a bit of a mm. misshaped back four. But I think if you actually look at the game and not the results, you can see that we, we were comfortable. And they're we were. very comfortable. Certainly the first half, I'm on commentary and I've said four and five times, you know, the shape of the team was excellent. Mm. And I thought you were, they had plenty of possession, but they were playing across you. And you just sensed the crowd were just getting a bit agitated. Mm-hmm. And then they got themselves back in the game. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I thought the first half we were excellent. No, I thought we were. I thought we were a very good first half. And then. As I say, we needed to take that in the second half, but then two things didn't go right and we, we got a bit out of shape and stuff like that. But as I say, you learn from them. We're going to learn from mm. them quickly. We, we all understood at the end of the game what we need to do next week, so I think it's going to be all right. And with the nature of football, some things go for you, sometimes they don't. 
Um, the winner for Middlesbrough, it seems only yourself and Darnell Furlong noticed that the ball might have been out of play before the cross came in for Son Belonga's header. Yeah, I, I was pr- I was pretty sure that it was out. I mean, I can't believe the linesman didn't see it. I've not actually looked back at it to see how far it was out. But I think, yeah, probably on my behalf, I stopped a little bit early. I could have I gone in and, and uh, tried to cut the cross out. But as I say, I thought it was out. But it's just one of them things you learn from their mistakes. Despite losing, do the have the team come away from the Riverside feeling more confident in a bizarre way because you've gone away from home against a team that many expect to, well, certainly if not top six, top if not top two, then top six, and to, to take them all the way. And, and it was a team that had a, a number of injuries to key players in days beforehand. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think in the game, even when they went three to up, you can see that we were pushing. We were mm. pushing for that equaliser. We kept pushing. We pushed them right to the limit. And I think... That's just what you've got to do in them games. I mean, no one's expecting us to get anything at Middlesbrough away. But we knew as a team, if we do everything right, we can get something here. And I think you're seeing it when we went 2-1 up from Mackey's cold, just out the blue. I mean, mm. that's what we do. We just mm. we we just hound teams and hound teams. And I think that's where we get our chances. But uh, I think it was a good performance overall. That's all I can say. You've just said no one expected us to get anything. On the flip side, Saturday at home to Burton Albion, there is that expectancy for QPR to get all three points. From a player's point of view, how mentally do you approach the game in the exact same way? I think if you focus more on yourselves than the other team, I think you can take that confidence from Middlesbrough into this game. And I think with the lads we've got in this squad, the mentality is not going to change. It's not going to be like, oh, it's bad. We should beat these. We should beat these. It'll just be the mentality, right? We've got to do exactly what we've got mm. to do do exactly what we've done against Middlesbrough but cut out the little mistakes and then we should be okay definitely get a result I think and there, there is that feeling at Loftus Road as well 10 points from, from 4 games there is that confidence that's just coming every time we go to home now. yeah I think at home definitely we're stronger um, you can see, you obviously see from the performances the results as well but I think we're trying to make that a fortress where over the course of the season if we get our most our points at home Thing that leads you in a better stance towards the end of the season then if we carry on playing well at, towards the end we can pick up results away from home as well we'll do alright we spoke earlier on about <coughs> excuse me uh, you know the expectation as a player you deal with it uh, I as part of the club and as a fan will turn up on Saturday not diminishing Burton but expecting us to win the game because of our performances at home would that be fair to say but we, we were discussing it earlier on as well you have to earn the right to no, no matter who the opposition is, don't, you'll, you'll back me up here. Yeah. No matter who you're playing against, whether it's Manchester United, Burton, Albion, Rochdale, whatever, you have to earn the right, you have to look after your own performances. And if you do that, unless you're very unlucky, you should get the result that year you're craving for. Would you say that's that's sort of fair and is that the way you'll be approaching the game? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the only way you can approach yep. a game like that. You can approach Win your it. own little battles. Exactly. If, you know, if you get six or seven winning those year you give yourself a great exactly, chance of yeah. winning the game it's when you don't and we had a performance against Burton last year where they came and beat us 2-1 mm-hmm. where we probably won maybe one or two battles mm-hmm. and if you get that again you're going to lose the game no matter who you're playing against so uh, but my expectation is because what I've seen from this group of players uh, home and away you know we've got more points at home but uh, the away ones will come at home we've been excellent if we can go out with that same mindset start the game the way we've been playing no reason why we shouldn't get three points exactly do you, do you feel the enthusiasm of the fans as well? Because the general view from the supporters is win, lose or draw, 
they like what they're seeing because of the type of performance, the high press, the work rate, the energy. We're not going into games and just keeping the ball for keeping the ball's sake. There's a is an entertainment in watching QPR play. Can you feel that from the fans? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can feel a buzz around the stadium mm. on the Saturday. So it's just keeping that buzz going and keeping the fans behind us. I mean, it's a long old season, so we're just going to try and do as best we can for the fans as well as we are for ourselves and try and get the results possible and keep them as happy as possible. But um, as I say, yeah, it is a long season. So if they can get behind us, it helps us in the games on Saturday as well. <laughs> Great to get the thoughts there of Jack Robinson, and he's uh, he's been playing well, hasn't he, since? Yeah, he's got his chance. You know, he's playing uh, slightly. Is it out of position? You know, uh, but he's he's played left of three uh, at Middlesbrough the other day. Played left in a two, mm. so uh, shows his versatility. And after the horrendous problems he's had with his injuries, uh, I'm sure he's just delighted to be playing week after week after week and showing us what he can do. Yeah, he certainly sounds that. Um, just a word on uh, Clark Carlisle. Very sad story this week. He was um, he went missing. Uh, was last seen in, in Manchester on Friday morning. Was then found several hours later in Liverpool. His wife has since said that he is very unwell but safe in hospital. Obviously, his battles against mental illness have been well documented. It's um, must be a very difficult time for him and his family. Obviously, a, a strong QPR association and connection. And you actually spoke with Clark recently. Well, first of all, uh, you know, everyone at QBR is thinking of Clark Carlisle at this sort of time. You know, um, I, I think I was with you on, on Friday when you, when you told me the news had broke that he had gone missing. Uh, you know, so we're all thinking of him. Fortunately, he's been found. Uh, he's safe. Obviously, not very well. Uh, we don't know the extent of that, but uh, I speak on behalf of... Not only everyone at QPR, everyone at football, I think that we, we, we hope everything's OK. And he was due to come back uh, for the game against Wolves here at Loftus Road. Obviously, that invite remains open, but we'll just have to see how he progresses. Yeah, but what shocked me the most when you told me the other day was I actually spoke to Clark probably less than three weeks ago you know, and told him about the Forever Cl- uh, Ours Club, which he knows all about because he's been looking from afar and we invite them back and he's, uh, he said he'd be honoured and privileged to come back and was really excited. Um, so he was going to come back for the Wolves game. Obviously what's happened in the last week, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how that sort of pans out. But um, listen, that pales in insignificance when he's going through what he's going through. And uh, we just wish him uh, a full recovery, a speedy recovery. And uh, our thoughts are with him. And obviously it's a situation that goes beyond football or sport. But within football, there, there does seem to be a, a number of people who, once the uh, the curtain comes down on the career, they can find it a challenge to to almost go into normal life, if you like. Obviously, it isn't limited to after sport has finished. We've seen that here with Stephen Corker. He's been very honest with his situation. Aaron Lennon is another example of that. Um, but even yourself, since you've said previously that once you retire from the game, it can be a difficult challenge. Oh, it's so hard. And I don't think the majority of people really don't understand the difficulties it can throw up, you know. Um, and there's this argument, you know, footballers are, are pampered, they're well paid. That that, that doesn't make any difference. They're, they're human beings, you know. And if you're playing 
things can affect you that other people might not know about. You know, what's going on at home? What's going on outside? You know, how do you react to what you did on Saturday on the pitch, making a horrendous rick or, or things like that? You know, everyone, everyone has their own frailties, if you like. You know, so whilst you're playing, you can have them. And it certainly uh, can catch up with you when you when you finish. I speak about myself, you know, and fortunately I was nowhere near what these guys seem to be going through. But there's a massive void in your life, if you like, when you when you finish. Now you can do all the planning in the world. You know your career's coming to an end. You know that. You, 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 there used to be a magic number years ago. Sometimes it goes beyond that. You know, 35. You used to know 35 round about there, your career. So you, you can plan. You can put things aside. You can set things up, but you can do that. But it doesn't it doesn't fulfil the void of coming into a change room every morning with your mates. It doesn't fulfil certainly the buzz and the adrenaline you get on a Saturday when you run out, whether it's at Loftus Road or Old Trafford or White Hart Lane or or wherever. You know that that incredible excitement you get of you know being on a big stage and wanting to do well and pitting your wits against fellow pros and best players in the country, etc. Once that's taken away from you, I think for me that's the biggest challenge. What replaces that? And some people can cope with it a lot easier than others. Some people people find it incredibly difficult. Looking at myself, I finished and, you know, I remember as if it happened yesterday, my wife said to me one day, what are you going to do today, Andy? And I went, I don't know. And when you don't know how you're going to fill your days, that can be a dangerous sort of place to get into because... When you've got no structure mm. in your life, that's the when. First you, time that's, since yeah. what age? Well, 16. You know, um, I actually was, I wouldn't say fed up, but after 23 years of play, being a player, I made my debut at 16 very early and played till I was 38, 39 stroke. Uh, being told where to be, what to wear, what to eat. Almost that regimental structure, if you like. It almost wore you down a little bit, but when you're out of that, speaking for myself, I know I crave it. Even now, 15 years after I retire, if I'm on holiday, I'll say to my wife, what are we doing tomorrow? And she'll go, oh, let's, let's see what tomorrow brings almost. No, what, what are we doing? Uh, so I, I, I need that structure. So going back to what I'm saying, once that void or once that structure is taken away, there's a huge void and it's bloody tough to fill. Do you think at that time you're... Um wife was almost a little bit worried about you when she was asking what you're doing today and you're saying I don't know yeah uh, I think so because she she said you know you're, you're 38 you got you know you've had a 23 year career you've got another 40 years 50 years hopefully of living mm. what are you going to do now as I say you plan and I did okay um, and put things away for, for when the the inevitable happens, but as I say, you, you you do need something, and sometimes when you need something, that can be dangerous as well because you get involved, and I've done it. I've got involved in a few schemes where I might as well have just chucked money down the drain. Mm. Uh, so, out of desperation, sometimes you try and do something, and that can backfire on you. So it's a it's a real, real tough one, and I know there's people in place, and the PFA do a great job, but you know when players, as human beings, they put on a mask. But when they go home and they shut the front door and there's no one around them, that's when the problems start. Okay, so it's Burton Albion at Loftus Road this weekend. We've got 10 points from 12 at home. Burton Albion have got one point from 12 away. In theory, in theory, there's a big opportunity for three points 
here for QPR. But as we have seen before and we'll see it again in the future, these games can be very, very difficult. In theory, I wish football was played in theory, you know, because, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, and there lies the danger of the game on Saturday, the expectation amongst the fans, amongst the media, possibly amongst the players. Hopefully it won't be. But, you know, you go away to Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday and you've got the big local derby where you've got to climb the mountain against Millwall after going 2-0 down and you can raise it. Burton... I'm sure a lot of people have come to the stadium expecting us to win, just mm. as they did last year when we put on a really poor performance and Burton walked away with a 2-1 victory. It's also worth noting the four teams that Burton Albion have played away from home in picking up only that solitary point. Norwich, Leeds, Middlesbrough and Hull. So, like us, they have not had it easy in terms of the early fixtures. And it's also worth noting their last two results, a 0-0 draw at Norwich and then a 2-1 win at fo- against Fulham at home last weekend so they're coming into a bit of form and they'll certainly get so much confidence from that result against Fulham I think of Burton you know many people are tipping them to go down uh, and they'll thrive on that you know I know Nigel mm. really well I, I know people at the club I know the chairman who's a fantastic man and he's done brilliant that, that story of Burton Albion is phenomenal where mm. they came from in such a space of time you know new stadium but yeah, I think they'll pick up the majority of the points uh, at home, but they'll, they'll, they'll relish coming to, to, to places like Loftus Road on Saturday and trying to upset the apple cart, um, which they did last year. You know, they've got some good players built on hard work, endeavour. Um, so it promises to be, and it will be, a really, really difficult game. And they will take heart from beating Fulham. They will take hard from going to Norwich and getting the point. I saw Nigel Clough's interview when they beat Birmingham and got the first points of the season. And he said within the club, he didn't use the word expected, but he thought after three, four games it would have zero points. So I know where their expectation levels lie, but that doesn't stop them getting revved up for every single game and trying to do their best. And Oli was saying, just spoke to him for his programme notes for this, and he was saying they're actually a club we want to be like. He's saying we've had a situation where players have come here because they can't get any money elsewhere they can't get more money elsewhere than they can get a QPR but Burton it's never been the case for them mm. it's always been they're going there to to play for Burton to play for the shirt and he said we want to be it's quite complimentary at Burton we want to be like them that model where players come there because they want to play for the club not because they want to play there for the money well, whether you're a lifelong QPR fan there is going to be naturally that level of expectation from the QPR fans is that fair to say going into Burton Albion at home will be looking to win this game I don't think you'll find many QPR fans who will say before this game I will take a point travelling to Middlesbrough away a lot of people would say well yeah we'll take a point there Burton Albion at home people will say we've got to be looking for all three so that expectation will be on the players and that's also what Ollie was saying in his notes he was saying that historically we've not done well when we are the players even dating back to his time as a player, he related to um, the Swindon, Swindon, the yeah. Swindon, the two games against Swindon in the ninety-two, ninety-three season. He, he said that ruined he's, us. He's still not got over that. I, he, he, I think he brings that up on a weekly basis. He said that ruined us. To Swindon, that ruined our season, season, and we f- finished fifth in the Premier League. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that ruining our season if we're going to finish fifth in the Premier League. But uh, yeah, but it's that, true. Historically, we, we it's it's been a, a bit of a banana skin for us playing these sort of games where there is the expectation. But my expectation, I will turn up on Saturday expecting us to win the game. Why? Not because I'd be little Burton Albion, because I believe in us, uh, the team that will go out there. And if we play like we have been playing at home, um, 
yeah, give or take the first forty-five minutes against um, Millwall, but in the in the league where we've been excellent, you know, that's where my expectation comes from. But we, in any game of football, you have to earn the right. You know, nothing's going to happen whether you're playing Burton, Rochdale, Manchester United. You got to go on the pitch and you got to earn that right. You got to win your individual battles, and if you get enough players doing that, unless you're unlucky, you'll win the game. It'd be interesting to see what Ian Holloway does in terms of team selection as well. Obviously, his hand was forced a little bit for the trip to Middlesbrough with the changes mm. he made. David Wheeler came in, started, scored after a couple of minutes, was voted the man of the match by the R's fans. Does he start on Saturday? Josh Goen is expected to be yeah. fit and available. Connor Washington is expected to be fit and available. You'd have thought he'd be keen to go back to the formation that has worked so well this season. And if he does do that, is he going to look to, to make a couple of changes? Yeah, I mean, 4-1-4-1 um, four, four, one, four, one, probably the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, we've played mm-hmm. that this season. So we've always gone for it's like a, now a custom 3-5-2 formation. I'd be, I'd, to be honest, if, if Scoan comes back in, I, I mean, it depends what we've got at centre-back in terms of options, but I'd be very surprised if we didn't go back to 3-5-2 to if we've got the, the players to play. It seems like that's the, the formation kind of now down to play to, to going forward. So um, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if we didn't go back to that. I don't know what you think, Sense. Yeah, I think so. It'll depend on uh, what sort of weeks training you have, bumps and bruises. Uh, if Scoen's fit, I think he'll go straight back in. You know, uh, I thought he'd be a big miss on Saturday at Middlesbrough. He actually wasn't as big as miss as I thought he would be, but he's been outstanding as a individually and as a sort of unit of three in the middle of the park all season. So I would have thought he'll come back. Just looking, I was doing a bit of research yesterday on Burton. You know. Um, got quite an age and sort of back four if you like so if we can get after them energy get them turned get up the size of them and force the issue like we've done most home games again coming back to that expectation I expect us to win but players have got to handle that they've got to raise the game and as I say earn the right to win the game (laughs) 